0: From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, hello, everyone, and happy Thanksgiving.
1: Coming up, it was 400 years ago that the first recorded Thanksgiving took place on American soil. And as Americans sit around the Thanksgiving table today, we have a lot to learn from the settlers who hosted that first meal. Quote, these were not like other men, the late Peter Marshall wrote. The more adversity mounted against them, the harder they prayed, never giving in to despair, to murmuring to any of the petty jealousies that split and divide, end quote. And yet when you think about all that they had to endure in those first 10 months or so, losing not 0.05% to a virus, but nearly 50% of their families to death, it's hard to believe they didn't just throw up their hands and give up. We'll discuss the importance of that first Thanksgiving with Pastor Carter Conlon, Times Square Church in New York City, who was, actually has a pretty fascinating story about how he stumbled upon the site of that first Thanksgiving meal. In fact, he and I have since both had a Thanksgiving meal right where the Pilgrims had that first celebration. We'll talk about it. And for the Pilgrims, gratitude was a choice. It was a decision to see God's hand at work. Even when everything around them screamed, they had been deserted. Despite all the death and desperation, they never stopped trusting God's promises. Did that gratitude shape them and the nation that we now live in? We'll talk with Dr. Jeffrey Froh, professor of psychology and author of Making Grateful Kids, a little later here on Washington Watch. Then, what does giving thanks look like here in Washington, D.C.? Well, Ohio Congressman Warren Davidson joins me in studio to talk about it. The website, TonyPerkins.com. If you happen to miss anything, you can find it all later, archived at TonyPerkins.com. All right, coming up this Sunday, from coast to coast, border to border, pray together for life. Sunday, November the 28th, a national prayer gathering gathering will take place in Jackson, Mississippi, in advance of the U.S. Supreme Court, hearing oral arguments in the Dobbs versus Jackson's Women's Health Organization case. Now, this is the case that could overturn Roe v. Wade. That was the Supreme Court decision that made abortion legal in all 50 states. To find out how you can be a part of this historic event, text the word TOGETHER to 67742. That's the word TOGETHER to 67742. I hope you can join us Sunday night, 7 p.m. Central Time for Pray Together for Life. The first uh, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. But do we do that enough in our daily lives? Well, these past couple of years amidst the pandemic have certainly been trying in many, many ways. This Thanksgiving marks the 400th anniversary of the first Thanksgiving with the Pilgrims. Today is the perfect opportunity to reflect on all that we have to be grateful for as Americans, and that includes our heritage. Joining me now to uh, expand on why Thanksgiving and a heart of gratitude matters is Pastor Carter Conlon. He is the general overseer of Times Square Church in New York City. He's also a member of the FRC board. Pastor Carter Conlon, welcome back to the program.
2: Tony, so great to be with you again today. Just, I'm just very thankful for you. I'm thankful for the Family Research Council and the stand that you take for faith, family, and freedom. Uh, we we all recognize these things are at stake today. and uh, But I'm thankful that on God's side, we've become a majority.
1: I believe that with all my heart. Well, thank you, uh, pastor carter and i appreciate that let me start with uh, you stumbled upon and and later introduced me to the very site where it is believed the pilgrims had the first thanksgiving meal that celebration in fact you and i uh, since then have been able to celebrate thanksgiving dinner uh in the home that it uh, is on lot one there in uh, plymouth uh with some friends of ours is, share that story very quickly with our listeners because i think it's fascinating
2: Well, I'll try to give you the real fast version. My wife and I were uh, on the way home from our vacation. She had been reading a book on the Mayflower, the Mayflower Compact, and asked if we could stop in Plymouth, Massachusetts on the way. She just wanted to see this stone that, you know, purports to be the place where those settlers uh, first landed 400 years ago. So we went there, and we were sitting on a bench, and as we were sitting on the bench, somebody called my name. It was a young lady and her husband. They were walking their dogs, and... I said, uh, do I know you? And she said, no, you don't. But my mom, my dad, myself, my husband and several others, we've been joining you in your worldwide prayer meeting every Tuesday night for the last two years. And she says, as a matter of fact, my mother and father own the house on the corner. Would you like to see it? And I, I initially said, no. I said, we're, we're on our way home and we're busy and I thank you for your kindness. And, and uh, so, but my wife said, no, I'd like to see that house because it looked to be historic. Uh, only to find out when we went there that it was built on the foundation of the very first house ever built in America in that, in that location when the pilgrims landed in, uh, 400 years ago. And when I walked into that house, uh, I, I realized that we were in the place where the 51 surviving pilgrims after the first year in America prayed and thanked God, And believed that he had brought them to a nation where men, women, and children could worship God freely and according to conscience. I can't even begin to describe the presence of God that was in that room when I walked into that house. Uh, Later that night, I couldn't sleep. And uh, the Lord began to speak to me about uh, coming back to that place uh, 400 years later and uh, having a prayer meeting one more time and asking for God's mercy for the future, which is, of course, you were there and many others were there, and we did that. Uh, but what a privilege it was to actually be in the place, looking out the front window from that, that very room and seeing the very yard. There's uh, actual depictions in the house uh, done by artists probably of that generation of, of the Native uh, peoples and the pilgrims celebrating together with venison and, uh, and other fruits and celebrating the very, very first Thanksgiving in America. It was, it was surreal, actually, to be there. And I, I
1: know you felt that way, too, as well. It, it was a powerful experience. It was uh, I- encouraging. And, of course, the prayer meeting was, um, I think, God-ordained. But I want to ask you this question because we think of the pilgrims, we think about Thanksgiving, and then, you know, we just kind of move on with it. How central was gratitude to the pilgrims and to the launching of this nation? How intricate was Gratitude to who we are as a people.
2: Well, it it had to be. There had to be an essence of gratitude in the hearts of the people. Uh, For example, they had lost fifty percent of their company, had died. Obviously, everyone is is dealing with sorrow at that particular time. They are literally surrounded by enemies uh, at this season. They don't really have a go forward strategy, and very little strength to accomplish what God had had promised them. But you see, the issue was and from my perspective that they had a promise and you know you know the scripture tells us to bring our request to god with thanksgiving that's what the apostle paul said so i I can envision in this prayer meeting of the 51 that are left are saying something similar to this lord jesus christ uh, we just want to thank you that you have brought us here to a nation where yes we've suffered but there's a promise that our future generations our children our grandchildren and beyond that we will be able to worship you according to conscience and will not be dictated to from above, and there will be freedom in this place, and it will be an opportunity for you to be God, to a people who choose freely to be your people. And through us, we believe that you will do exploits and bring your own name to reputation. Of course, who can debate that God actually did that? In 400 years, uh, America became a nation that's arguably uh, the envy of the world, realistically because of the freedom that we we've once known so here we are again today coming up to thanksgiving and my heart is the same i said god thank you that you're the same jesus yesterday today and forever and what you did for them back then you will do for us again for we realize that we are surrounded by enemies that our freedoms are in fact in jeopardy as theirs were but you were god to them you showed them mercy and so, Lord, I choose to be thankful in my heart and believe that, that we will see a moment of mercy in the nation once again. That that's, gives me, in the midst of all of the calamity and clamor that's part of our, this time that we're now living in, I have a heart that's filled with gladness because I know that God still answers prayer.
1: So let me ask you this question, Pastor Carter Conlon. As Americans, are we thankful because we're free or are we free because we're thankful? Hmm.
2: That's a loaded question. I think I think we're free because we're thankful. I think we're free because we choose to believe God. Uh, in the face of impossibility, this is the history of this nation. I mean, realistically, formed by the faithfulness of God through a, a, a little gaggle of really weakened, powerless people. That's our history. And we, we ought to this Thanksgiving, I think, look back to that and say, God, if you did that for them, then surely you can do that for us in this time. They had enemies. We have enemies. There was oppression. We have oppression. There, there was a foreboding darkness on the horizon. and We have this foreboding darkness on our horizons today. But God, you took them in that place of weakness when they called out to you because you were faithful to them. And when they called out, you did what only you can do. And you took them in their littleness and you multiplied them and you made us what we are today and so god i am thankful i am truly thankful for the knowledge that i can pray and you still answer me this is this is this is what produces joy in my heart because i believe that when we pray mountains still move i believe the darkness can still be pushed back into the sea i do believe tony with all my heart that we will see another spiritual awakening a mercy moment I call it in this nation before Christ returns I really do believe it it's I, I'm not hoping for it I know it in my heart it's something that God has so deeply spoken it to me and I know it I, I, let me give you a, a, a quick story at our Bible school in Pennsylvania about a year ago a young pastor from uh, Missouri, showed up with his wife his wife was paralyzed she was in a wheelchair she'd been there for about four years Lyme's disease had paralyzed her from the waist down her legs were literally atrophied at a 90 degree angle Uh, she'd been told by medical experts that she's never going to walk again the first time I met her they came into a fellowship I looked at her and something rose in my heart and I looked at her in the in the wheelchair and I and I said to her these words you don't belong in this wheelchair this is not going to be your future. And I said to her, within the next year, you're going to walk again. I remember my wife saying to me, you think you should have said that? I said, I did say it because I knew it in my heart. And with about eight months later, miraculously, this, this young lady called Sarah got up and she's not only walking, she's jogging today. A modern day miracle. And nobody can deny it. Wow. I knew she was going to get out of the wheelchair. And so in a similar way, I know. Now, I don't know if it's going to come in calamity. I don't know if we're going to have to experience hardship. But I do know that there's going to be a significant turning back to Jesus Christ of many, many people in this generation. And I'm not hoping for it. I know it.
1: And we can be thankful that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if we turn back to him as a nation, he will respond. He's promised that. History has shown us that he will do that. And by the way, Pastor Carter, I, I think you're right. I think we are free because we're thankful, because I've been in places where people do not have political freedom, but they are thankful mm-hmm. and they are freer in many ways than a lot of people in our country. Pastor yes. Carter Conlon, always great to be with you. Thanks so much for joining us for this Thanksgiving edition of Washington Watch. A real pleasure, Tony. Love you. All right, and take it easy on the dressing, okay? pastor carter conlin times square church great brother all right on the other side of the break dr jeffrey fro joins us to talk about the scientific benefits of thankfulness you don't want to miss this stick with us more washington watch to come
0: Here's a moment of Hope for Your Home with Jerry and Becky Drace. Our grandson cried out, Papa, the rope broke. The burnt house fell down. It wasn't strong enough. He was
1: right. So listen to Ecclesiastes 4, verse 12.
3: Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken.
1: Most of us like to think we're self-sufficient, that we can take care of any decision that comes along. One person alone carries a very heavy load when making a family decision. But when there's a husband and wife who are united, together, guess what? The load is lighter.
3: When a family seeks God's wisdom and counsel in everything their family faces, that makes the home stronger. God provides the strength and power through the Holy Spirit to lighten any load of life. If you allow God to wrap the cord of His strength around your home, your family will be strong. One cord is weak, two cords a little bit strong, but the cord of God is the strongest cord possible.
0: Learn more about the ministry of Jerry and Becky Drace at HopeForTheHome.org.
4: In churches, in a lot of churches today, the issue of identity is sort of like the big elephant in the room. It's in the news, but it's not in the church. So if it's in society, it needs to be something the churches are addressing.
0: In his image,
3: with you. So what we'll do is we'll send you a special kit, and it's completely free, and it'll just have some extra resources to help you promote your event.
0: To find out more about how to host an event, go to InHisImage.movie and click on the Host an Event tab. That's InHisImage.movie. Welcome back
1: to this Thanksgiving edition of Washington Watch. So good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. And as I uh, mentioned earlier, if you want to join us for Pray Together for Life, which is coming up Sunday, November the 28th, that's just uh, a couple days away, 7 p.m., Eastern time, uh, I'm sorry, 7 p.m. Central time, will be in Jackson, Mississippi. To find out how you can be a part of it, text the word TOGETHER to 67742. All right, we heard from Pastor Carter on why we as Christians should be grateful this Thanksgiving and pr- practically every day, but you know what? There's more to it than just being told to be thankful. There's a reason behind it. I think God wants us to be happy, and as we're thankful, we talked about, you experience freedom. Maybe not the political freedom, maybe not the freedom from mandates, but the freedom to be who God has created you to be. But there are scientific and psychological benefits for expressing gratitude. And here to talk about this is uh, a university professor of psychology, Dr. Jeffrey Froh. He joins me now to, uh, to share more about the power of gratitude. Professor, welcome back to the program.
5: Thank you for having me.
1: Okay, let me, uh, first off, you've got a book. uh, I mentioned it earlier in the opening of the program, but you've got a book out about uh, instilling gratitude into our children, how that we can make uh, our children, we can help them to be grateful. Tell us about that.
5: Uh, Yeah, so there are, well, first, you know, we had mentioned yesterday just the idea that of these 24, you know, character strengths that gratitude has the strongest relation, um, uh to life satisfaction and happiness right so if you had to kind of you know put your time and energy somewhere in terms of developing character gratitude in terms of science anyway we'd probably be one of the top if not the top depending on what study you look at so um it's also the most malleable so you can enhance this whenever you want um, and it's also obviously incredibly important to be starting children with this as early as possible Right, so even if it's just your very very basic self about you know writing your thank you letters to people and everything like that do it early though you know and like we had mentioned it's like rather than just going with your very basic thank you for you know that shirt or the volleyball or whatever really thinking about how this person went out of their way for you um what they may have given up to do this for you and how you've benefited from that so like the joke we have is that my son wrote his first thank you note when he was like nine months old you know, so uh, obviously, clearly, he did not. But nonetheless, um, this is kind of just where our heart was at in that in that time, and we've tried our best to continue that with our children. So, so I would encourage that.
1: It's got to be one of those things you're intentional about. You, it just doesn't happen. You've got to make it happen. Uh, in terms of building that heart of gratitude into our, our children. So you're a professor. You, uh, you, you teach psychology. You've studied this. So this is not just you're giving us your opinion. You've actually studied this. What are the scientific benefits of being grateful more often in our daily lives?
5: Sure. Well, like we had said, happiness, I mean, that just kind of goes standard. You know what I mean? Happiness, life satisfaction, satisfaction in multiple domains, satisfaction with self, others your community your work things of that sort um i would say the biggest is in terms of the relational benefits right so i like to think of gratitude as kind of like social crazy glue you know and again this is something we can so easily easily do and infuse into our lives into our relationships but as humans we're going a little bit too fast we take the people that we love for granted and we don't say it, right, or we don't express it. Maybe it's a hug or you bring home, you know, your wife or your you know, kids, let's say favorite hot chocolate, or whatever the case is, right? So when you look at some of the marriage research, and we can extrapolate this to children, you'll understand in a second, is John Gottman says that flourishing relationships have a ratio of five to one positive to negative interactions, right? So for every one negative, you have five positives. Well, guess what? a wonderful way, a very easy way to get that ratio more into that um, the range of having a f- flourishing or thriving relationship is through expressing thanks. Um, so those are just, again, some of the basic scientific ev- uh, evidence of that. And of course, also the physical health benefits as well. We sleep better. We actually exercise more, uh, things of that sort, more coherent, you know, rhythm, uh, heart rhythms. I mean,
1: you, you almost describe it, and maybe you do. I, I can't remember the exact phrase you use, but gratitude is like the wonder drug i mean it it is something that just has these physiological effects for us that i would venture to say dr fro that if more people were grateful we would have fewer people in doctor's offices
5: without question of, without question about that right so you know a blessing a day keeps the doctor away you know what i mean like that that kind of thing um and, and i think but here's the thing too and i think we we, we have to hit this is you have your interpersonal gratitude right so like between people but then you have transpersonal gratitude your gratitude for god and as far as i'm concerned and again the research supports this as well is when you look at that right when you recognize you know that that life is this divine gift um i guess how do i say this that it motivates you to want to do the very best that you can because this is how this works if someone does something kind for you right The best way to express your gratitude to them is to use that gift as they intended and to max that out. So if you're a kid and you're on the cusp of, let's say, making the soccer team, right, and the coach gives you a shot, well, how do you say thank you other than shaking his or her hand and saying, thank you very much? It's by practicing harder than everybody else, doing everything you can on that field to show him or her, hey, I so appreciate and value what you've done for me. Well, guess what? We can do the same thing with god and we should be doing that thank you so much for life this is a gift what do i do with the gift i live the way in which you intended and i do what i I try to listen to you to do what i'm supposed to be doing with my life so if you do that if you live in a way like that your physical health benefits are right there
1: yeah and of course in the new testament more than anything that paul says this is the will of god it has to do with thanksgiving and being grateful in fact the psalmist says enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise uh you know i think the lord wants us to be thankful i mean he's written it down pretty clear both in the old and the new testaments uh dr jeffrey fro always great to talk with you thanks so much for uh, joining us on this special thanksgiving day edition of washington watch
5: thank you for having me
1: and have a very happy thanksgiving all right folks uh I hope you're expressing thanks to God for all that he has done for us, even in the midst of the challenges. We're to be thankful and grateful. All right, don't go anywhere. Congressman Warren Davidson of Ohio joins me next with his Thanksgiving reflections. Yes, there is Thanksgiving here in Washington, D.C. We're going to talk about it right after this. More Washington Watch to come. Don't go away.
2: Of your money. Here's Dan Celia on American Family Radio.
6: My concern is by the end of the year, we could end up into some sort of full blown oil crisis. We are going to have a bit of a pullback, but look, we aren't going to get out of an oil crisis without higher oil prices. We're not going to get production from oil companies that are going to bring down the price of oil unless they have capital. People have to start coming into the markets. They've got to see prices continue to go up. That'll give them some cash and some value in order to want to start producing more oil. But prices have to go up and stay up with some level of stability before we can see permanent prices coming down in oil. And frankly, I don't think the oil companies are very anxious to deal with this administration. Jerome Powell mentions he is going to be talking about and thinking about a strategy for inflation. Jerome, there is no strategy for inflation. You're behind, leading behind again, as the Fed always does. You had an opportunity to get ahead of it in February. You chose not to because I hope. You didn't truly believe that it was temporary. I don't want to think that of the Federal Reserve, but maybe it's possible. But the fact of the matter is we're leading from behind now. And the only thing you can do is raise rates slightly in December, do it again, slightly in end of January, February, one more time, maybe a quarter of a point by the end of the quarter and start adding some value to the dollar and get things in check and maybe You can begin to think of a strategy beyond that once that is done.
2: Want to hear more financial advice from Dan Celia? Look for his podcast at AFR.net.
1: Well, happy Thanksgiving and welcome back to a special edition of Washington Watch as we uh, celebrate Thanksgiving, one of my favorite holidays it's uh, where you, uh, you just kind of sit around, eat a lot of food and have some great conversations and uh, that's what we're about to do here. Before I introduce my next guest, we were talking about this earlier at the, at the program the kind of the history of Thanksgiving 400th anniversary of Thanksgiving. The, the first official Thanksgiving uh, in the United States was declared by President washington in 1789 just a few years after the war for independence was over now the official declarations of thanksgiving were kind of sporadic uh, until october 3rd 1863 when president abraham lincoln expressing gratitude for a pivotal uh, union army victory at gettysburg announced that the nation would celebrate an official thanksgiving holiday on november the 26, 1863 and Lincoln also, in that declaration, stated that the fourth Thursday of every November thereafter would be considered an official U.S. holiday of Thanksgiving. And so it has been. You know, like the, uh, the pilgrims, as I discussed earlier, they paused to give thanks to God 400 years ago. After being in Plymouth, not quite a year, almost a year, but not quite, during that first almost year, they lost nearly half of their community to death in that first winter, but yet they gave thanks. It's like Ephesians 5.20 says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're to give thanks in all situations, but it's interesting to look back in the history of the country where we have been propelled to give thanks coming through difficult and challenging times, the pilgrims, George Washington after the Revolutionary War and Abraham Lincoln after the Civil War. In fact, in his declaration, he goes on to talk about the fruitful fields, the borders being expanded, the, uh, the natural resources, the growth in population. He says there's no human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. These are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. And it seemed to me fit and proper that we should be solemn, reverent, and grateful in acknowledging, as with one heart and one voice, by the whole American people. And there... We saw the first Thanksgiving, which we celebrate today. Well, giving that backdrop, I want to uh, introduce our next guest, a member of Congress uh, who has been serving the 8th Congressional District of Ohio. But before uh, become, coming to Congress, he enlisted in the United States Army right out of high school. He was stationed in Germany during the fall of the Berlin Wall. He later graduated near the top of his class at West Point as a student of American history and mechanical engineering. He served as an officer in the Old Guard, the 75th Ranger Ranger Regiment, and the 101st Airborne. After leaving the Army, he worked for his father, earned an MBA from Notre Dame, and spent 15 years owning and operating manufacturing companies in Ohio. In 2016, he tossed his hat into the ring for a special election to fill the seat vacated by former Speaker of the House John Boehner when he resigned. He came on top of a 15-candidate, came out on top on a 15-candidate primary, and he has been serving the district ever since. He serves on the Financial Services Committee and is a member of the Republican Study Committee, the House Freedom Caucus, and the Values Action Team, all credentials of a true conservative. Congressman Warren Davidson, thanks so much for being with us. It's always an honor to see you, Tony. Thanks for having me on. Well, I want to... This is a little bit different. Um, We're not going to talk about policy so much today. We can do that another day. This is Thanksgiving. We want to uh, step back, just as the founders did, in the midst of difficulty, coming through challenging situations. And I would have to say this year's been a challenging year. Past couple years. It's been particularly
4: tough. So what, as a people should we be thankful for? You know, one of the things is just having time to set aside and have a holiday to give thanks. Uh, I think there's a lot of foresight. In the first year of his presidency, George Washington did that. Um, Lincoln, in a tough time during the midst of the Civil War, did that. Uh, our country is divided right now, like maybe no time since the Civil War. And if you don't pause to give thanks, even if you're you know, normally in a great relationship with God, Uh, it's easy to kind of gloss over all those blessings. But it's especially hard when you're in the middle of trials. And I think people feel really so frustrated by a range of things right now that taking this pause and not just going through the busyness of the holiday that comes in and the busyness that comes right on afterwards in some cases, but to really say, let me just carve out a little bit of time and truly give thanks and sit and reflect, what am I thankful for? You know, I think when, when we have a thankful heart, it's hard to have a, a
1: bitter heart. You know, bitterness and thankfulness doesn't go together. And I mean, when you see a lot that's happened this last year, and a lot of things are going directions we don't like. But if we pause to give thanks to God, it, it's, it's a little difficult to be angry and bitter.
4: Well, you're certainly still not going to be happy about the things that are going on around you. That's uh, true. <laughs> uh, so, but it's a little pause from that. And you can say, you know, well, I'm not happy about this, but I am thankful for that. And, you know, in America, this is an American holiday. Um, You know, you can always be thankful for our country. Look at the legacy that we have, and I think that's part of where a lot of the folks that would watch this show would feel the burden to say, yeah, but we have to continue that legacy. And
1: we still have the ability to do that, and that's one thing we can be thankful for. Uh, We're up against a break, Congressman Warren Davidson, but we're going to come back. And then I'm going to ask you what you're thankful for as we celebrate this holiday. Folks, I want to thank you for uh, joining us for this special holiday edition of Washington Watch. And, And think about that yourself. What are you thankful for? There's many, many things that we can be grateful for. In fact, Scripture makes it very clear we should be thankful. All right, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Congressman Warren Davidson. Don't go away.
0: For centuries, the Bible has inspired humanity and shaped the very world we live in. But how do we know this book is the Word of God and not merely the words of men? What we believe about the Bible is based on what we believe about its source. The God Who Speaks explores the evidence of the Bible's inspiration and
6: authority through some of the world's most respected biblical scholars. We have essentially a dual authorship. So it's true to say that Paul wrote Romans. It's equally true to say that God wrote Romans.
0: He says, we saw this, and that sets the Bible apart from almost everything else in the ancient world and its religious pantheon of gods and goddesses. The God Who Speaks is a feature length documentary from the American Family Association, Available now at thegodwhospeaks.org. There are some horrendous things that have been taking place. Bishop E.W. Jackson. But, but, the good news is that God is still on the throne. Jesus is still King of Kings and Lord
6: of Lords.
2: Tune in to the awakening, weekdays at noon central on
0: American Family Radio.
6: He said in the world you would have tribulation. He said, but be of good cheer
4: because i have overcome the world and uh, that's the way we've got to approach all this stuff
2: hello i'm gary robey host of call to worship
0: heard each sunday on american family radio this one-hour program will lead you in a special time of worship and praise we will focus on god's word spoken and in music call to worship has a different topic each week as
2: we glorify god together Be sure to join us at 5 a.m. Central each Sunday for a call to worship right here on American Family Radio.
0: I'm William Owens, America's poet. Being amazed, breathless amazement happens when I have a glimpse of God within my space of time called life. How often do we always try to find ways to be amazed from the movies to entertainment, to taking vacations, to developing relationships that sometimes prove to be destructive because their surface, God wants us to know something that us being amazed is not by chance. We can only be amazed by our creator who made us for wonder. He knows our deepest desire. He knows why he made us and he has a purpose for our existence. As we draw near him, He will truly amaze us into such a way it will take our breath away.
4: This was a poetic expression of hope, love, and forgiveness from America's poet, William Owens. For the entire poem, his on-demand poetry concert, and more, please visit americaspoet.com.
1: Welcome back to this special Thanksgiving Day edition of Washington Watch. So good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. My guest in studio, Congressman Warren Davidson of Ohio. He represents the 8th Congressional District of Ohio. Actually, an area that, uh, as a child, I kind of grew up in that area. I did grow up in that area before I moved to Oklahoma. I was telling somebody, I, I, I can almost claim... A dozen members of Congress. I moved around so much I uh, lived in this area in that area and so I've got a lot of uh, a lot of connections but so thankful that you're here today and um, appreciate what you do in Congress. You're one of those fighters that fights for faith family and freedom the things that our listeners and our viewers really care about.
4: Yeah uh, look when I was uh, on the road recently I had a staffer from Washington DC supporting me at an event. And he was just surprised in a way. He's like, well, you're so happy. You're just enjoying yourself tonight. That's great. Uh, and I said, yeah. And he goes, well, you're not always like that in D.C. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, DC. in D.C.'s where they're trying to impose their will on these people that really just want D.C. to leave them alone. You know, so much of the country, that's really what they're asking. Let me celebrate my faith. Let me have more freedom and less government. And a lot of that I want to share with my family. I often describe it this way when I'm out
1: speaking, is that what we do here in Washington is not going to save the nation. It's important because we're kind of keeping the barbarians at bay, so to speak, so that people can live out their faith. They can enjoy the fruit of their labor and and they can build America to into the nation that it once was and it needs to be. Washington's not the solution. we We just have to try to keep the the
4: bureaucrats out of the way government from getting too big to crowd out the American people. Yeah, right now we have too much government, and that's one of the big problems, and more government than we're willing to pay for, which is another issue. Uh, But the government just feels the need to interject themselves in so much of our lives. Uh, It it really is important that we get the right government. So it really will make a difference. But yeah, one of the things that I said a lot over the summer is, you know, know, our help is not coming from Washington, D.C., our help is not coming from Columbus or any of the state capitals. Our help comes from the Lord. Yeah. And, of course, the work that we're doing obviously makes a difference, and the work that our forefathers did truly have made America the land of opportunity. So you feel a special duty to try to continue that legacy in in the midst of really challenging times. All right, so I said I wasn't going to talk about policy, and here
1: I find myself moving toward it. Let's talk about it's Thanksgiving. We talked about having a grateful heart and how we're to give thanks, and how our forefathers, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, you know, on the heels of some very trying times, stopped to give thanks. What is, uh, what's Warren Davidson thankful for?
4: Well, I mean, uh, you know, thankful for Jesus. You look at that, he's number one. Um, God didn't have to redeem us and he did you know, look at uh, the story that we have we have scripture we have ready access to scripture yeah uh, thankful for my wife Lisa I'm thankful for being a dad um, of two great kids Zach and Rachel um, thankful to be able to do those things here in the United States of America and uh, you know you stay with God all things are possible but that's especially true in America right, right. Um, well I think God
1: expects us to do what we can do and he does what we can't do and and i think you know that's where america that's why religious freedom i think is so important is that yes we can pray but then we can act on our faith i mean you've had a remarkable career i mean not only here in congress being a conservative leader but, I mean, you were in the military, you went to West Point. I mean, that's, that's remarkable. And you've had success in business. I mean, you've really seen, you've seen what America has to offer.
4: Well, yeah. Uh, look, if my personal biography, I've shared this story a lot. If my personal biography ended at I enlisted in the Army, and from being an enlisted infantryman, I was given the chance to go to the United States Military Academy and become an officer, you would say, God bless America, because it says more about our great country than it says about me. Because lots of countries, you're from the wrong background, you don't have this socioeconomic status or anything else, you're not going to be part of the officer corps. In our country, it's got a different legacy and a path to be able to do it. And it really had changed my life uh, in that sense and so many other things that you could look at in, in, in anyone's life. And I just think it's really special to have this holiday, definitely one of the best. Um, and to carve out time and take some time take take the opportunity to really reflect and say what what am i thankful for i think it's important that we do stop and and you you mentioned this at the very
1: front of the things you're grateful for 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 jesus christ for the opportunity we have to not only have a relationship but to express that relationship the fact that you sit here in a radio program and and we're going out on 800 radio stations across america and you can say that and no one—I yeah, mean, you might be a few people that are going to, you know, tweet about that or say something about that, but you're free to do that. You have that opportunity. We have that opportunity in this country. Not everyone, and I, as a commissioner on the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, I traveled the
4: world. That's something that, frankly, is uh, quite unique. Yeah, truly, and the free exercise clause, you know, there's two components. Non-establishment, and people say, well, we don't want an established religion or pick this religion or that religion— mm-hmm. Uh, and they forget that the the other part of this is the free exercise that you're actually can't just have faith, but you can actually act right. on your faith. And government can't keep you from doing that. That's right. We've kind of turned that on its Not we, but some have turned that. Turned that on its head. Well, it's not accidental for him, but you know that's the great thing we can and and uh, you know it's just a reminder to be faithful to do that, not just in the public square, but at, you know privately right. and at home, one that's on that, one with yeah. you and well, the
1: Lord. I think you're absolutely right. I think it begins there, and from there works its way out. It's like you know when Jesus when he commissioned the disciples, you know the, they were to go to Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, and other part, all to the to the rest of the ends of the earth. So it begins in our own home. And then it works out in the community and then works out you know beyond that so i think we we cannot
4: show what we don't practice right and you know, look our churches we see it's been a tough couple of years as we were speaking earlier um, and you think about our churches i mean churches went in some cases for a full year or more without serving communion you know uh, celebrating the lord's supper and you know that is a big part of the exercise. You have to fully practice your faith. And, uh, and, you know, the technology made it easier to have some remote services, and I guess a handful of places are still doing that, or at least offering it as an option, so that that's maybe always a different way to do it. It's not the same. But truly gathering and having that fellowship, and that's one of the dynamics that hopefully you know most families can experience this holiday this year. Yeah, I certainly hope so.
1: You're listening to a special edition of Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. So good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. My guest, Congressman Warren Davidson of Ohio's 8th Congressional District. Uh, He's one of the conservative leaders here on Capitol Hill. Let's talk a little bit, uh, Warren, about um, kind of traditions
4: around your home. What are the things you look forward to this time of year? Well, we're in a period of transition in our family. You know, um, my my wife's grandma, or grandma as I call her as well, uh, she went to be with the Lord a couple years ago. And the family's still kind of adjusting to that. Last year during COVID, we didn't gather. And this year... Uh, we're not going to gather uh, in the, as big of a crowd, but normally we would have 30 or 40 people from all over, and we would go to St. Louis. My wife's from St. Louis, so we would go there. Uh, this year we're celebrating with my family in Ohio. It'll be there. It won't be as big, uh, but then of course you know you've got to have all the goodies: yeah, uh, turkey dressing, uh, a couple different dressings because everyone's going to have their own recipe. Yeah, things well, I, like that.
1: The thing I like about Thanksgiving is that it's there is some element of it but not so much so it's not been commercialized it is it is more about the holiday itself as you said gathering with family and friends overeating um you know enjoying the the things that you resist the rest of the year but then just sitting around and spending time with family i this is my favorite time of year frankly and and people kind of you know people almost become nicer
4: uh you know this time of year well, it's, a, it's, an, it's an irony because they did commercialize the day right afterwards. Well, yes. And then they're historically not always as nice on Black Friday. <laughs>
1: so, well, I avoid those crowds.
4: I've enjoyed that a lot of stores have over the past couple years uh, said we're not going to be open on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And, and they've gotten yeah. great feedback from customers over that.
1: I, I, in all candor, I haven't been to a mall in years. I don't... Uh, if I can't... Um, well... I won't give you my shopping habits, but I don't go to malls. Put it that way. The um, If you were to give some advice to people right now, I mean, you're, we're here in Washington, D.C. Um, as we sit down and have this conversation. This is a, uh, as we said, it's been a challenging time. I think it begins with thankfulness, but let's talk about the hope that we have going forward as a nation. What what can you give folks to hold on to to say, you know what, we've got the ability. We can, uh, we can see America
4: turn. Well, look, uh, we can. And the great thing is that, look, a lot of your audience, they're faithful Christian people. Good folks. Uh, and the great thing is when you look at Scripture, God offers a remedy uh, for individuals and for nations. And it's the same remedy. It's repent. You know, I just read a book by, uh, uh, you know, We Will Not Be Silenced by Lutzer. Great book, uh, It talks about the church at Sardis. You have this great reputation. But I know you're not as good as your reputation. And I think, sadly, that's kind of where our country is in a lot of ways, and I'm sure that's where we find ourselves individually at times. So, you know, while you're counting your blessings, you can also reflect and say, well, I've fallen short. So you want to keep a short account with the Lord repent and really our nation could use a national day of repentance or stretch of repentance because that's really how God turns people and it's also how he turns nations yeah again I go back to what I said Washington's
1: not going to solve the problems I mean we are part of the solution here but it is a spiritual problem that America is facing and it's going to it's going to require a spiritual solution and that is as you said turning back to the Lord Uh, homes communities churches eventually the entire country. By the way, let me just mention folks, uh, coming up on November the 28th, that is Pray Together for Life. We're gonna be doing a special event in Jackson, Mississippi, the epicenter of the Dobbs case. That's the case that's going to really challenge the constitutionality of Roe v. Wade. That's gonna be heard before the Supreme Court, the oral arguments on December the 1st. So we're gonna be gathering, we're gonna be gathering together from across the nation, coast-to-coast, border-to-border, in Jackson, Mississippi, at 7 p.m. that Sunday night to pray for our nation and pray for the court. And, folks, you can be a part of that. If you'd like to find out more, text the word TOGETHER to 67742. That's 67742, the word TOGETHER, and we'll send you the information on how you can be a part of that special pray together for life event on November the 28th. You know, I I was prompted when you said repent because I think we've been you know we've been repenting for abortion in churches we've been praying about it, but we're literally at a point where we might see the court repent when you in the New Testament the word repent the Greek is metanoia which means to change your mind, change your direction. We could literally see
4: America change its direction on abortion. Go back to where you lost your way, you know, and uh that's certainly one of the ways our country has lost its way and uh, you know if i had my cell phone on me instead of just off a, a little ways away i'd be texting right now so i want to find out the information i'm really glad that that you're going to be putting that together and i think it's a time for our country to really pray for the whole country for the justices that will certainly have input on that decision uh but where do we go from here on on abortion and you know, people will always say, trust the science, well, by, <laughs> may God yeah. bless us to trust the science on human life. Yeah, we've, we've uh, I think, uh, again, not to get drawn into
1: policy, but we've had a few people up here that have been challenged when it comes to following the science on a number of, uh, of fronts. Before we run out of time, uh, Congressman Davidson, I, I want to ask you, uh, certainly we're, we're encouraging people to give thanks To take that time with family and friends but also as they pray I always like to encourage them to pray for our leaders because Scripture tells us to do that and and Timothy we're instructed to pray for our leaders especially for rulers and kings those in authority how best can our listeners and our viewers
4: pray for you and your colleagues in Washington well you know Solomon the wisest man ever he was asked you know and he answered wisdom. We need wisdom. We're making tough decisions and we have to have the wisdom to make wise decisions uh, and informed decisions. Uh, and and not just always the most popular decisions, but the most righteous decisions. And I, I think the, uh, the other thing is, you know, this system of government is more fragile than I think a lot of people realize. And it is such an aberration from history yeah. to have what we have and to just have people that are good custodians of it. And if you look at you know, aligning authority and responsibility and accountability, those are the way things get done. And a lot of times in this city in particular, government broadly, it tries to break that up and separate authority and responsibility and accountability and always point at someone else. And I just, let us take ownership over that and solve some problems. Mm, that's
1: good. And, and we will certainly encourage our folks to do just that. And um, I want to thank you for taking time out to join us in a special Thanksgiving edition of Washington Watch. Thank you. And uh, keep up the great work. You're doing a
4: great work on Capitol Hill. It's an honor to get to do it.
1: And, folks, I want to thank you for joining us as well. And I do want to encourage you, as, uh, as Warren said, pray that our leaders would have wisdom, and, and not just the ones you agree with, I think we would do well if the Lord directed the steps of all of our leaders, both those we agree with and those that we do not. I me again encourage you to text the word together to 67742 and join us, Pray Together for Life, on November the 28th. Until next time, I leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing.